0: everybody. Welcome to the August 5th, 2016 edition of Colorado Inside Out. I'm your host, Dominic Dizzuti. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's get a quick take on Woody Page announcing his retirement from the Denver Post after 35 years as a columnist. He'll continue to write for the Colorado Springs Gazette. Patty Cajun from Westward, uh, this is a major personality to leave Colorado's major daily newspaper, what you think?
1: Well, and to clarify, he did not announce his retirement. The Good Post point. announced he was retiring. Woody does not believe he's retiring. In fact, what he's done is he got himself a better deal than he would have wound up with at the Denver Post by going to the Gazette. What's interesting, the Gazette, which is now owned by Phil Anschutz, what's interesting is he seems to be expanding. They're definitely rehiring some people. They are, it looks like they might try to become the voice of the Rocky Mountain Empire that the Post no longer is.
0: David Copel from the Independence Institute and DU Law School. What do you think? Uh, the Post loss is the Gazette's gain?
2: Absolutely. And then the, the Westward did a really good job of, of covering that. Uh, the, the Post, even though it's profitable, is apparently not profitable enough to its Scroogish uh, owners, and so they continue to just chop away and then leave only a, a, a shadow of a paper left. And I think the Gazette really does have a great opportunity to, to move into that uh, self-created vacuum.
0: Eric Sodom, political analyst, am I blowing it out of proportion by saying it's a pretty big deal to see one more major legend leave the post, or is this just another day in today's media?
3: Yes and yes, it's another day in today's (laughs) media, but it is also a big deal. But it's not the first big deal. We've seen a number of big deals preceding this. When I think of people who have not just been journalists, but really turned themselves into community-wide personalities. Woody Page is certainly high on that list, along with Penny Parker, along with Mike Litwin. I'm sure Patty and others could add a few that I'm leaving out. Uh, So it it is notable. Um, Woody's an interesting guy. He hasn't always been. I don't know him personally, but from what I hear, not everyone's cup of tea. uh, But uh, he's always had a voice. He's always kept sports lively and made it interesting. And uh, the post-loss is the Gazette's gain here.
0: Penn Tate rounds out the panel, uh, turning with QTAC Rock, also a longtime state lawmaker. Are you worried uh, that the kind of the, the loss of so much institutional memory at what is Colorado's only major daily newspaper?
4: Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you lose your institutional memory, some of the ability to write is lost because not everyone wants to run down to the archives every five minutes, or if they're online, go online and fact check. You know, you you have big, large you know current newsroom you've got a body of folks who know what's going on all the time and they can help one another uh, you know this is a good move for woody page and congratulations to him and 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 i think it's really interesting to note that the post announced his retirement from the post mm-hmm. but woody's not retiring um, and as patty pointed out what is now happening is there's an inexorable shift from the post to the gazette And I think it won't be long before people will begin to look at the Gazette as the voice of the Rocky Mountain region because the Post does not seem to be that interested in maintaining uh, that status in the community or in the state. So it seems. Both Hillary Clinton and Mike Pence were in Colorado this week.
0: Clinton visited the Naughty Tie Company and, and spoke at a rally in Adams County. Meanwhile, Mike Pence, the Republican VP nominee, was at a rally in downtown Denver on the same day he endorsed Speaker Paul Ryan in his primary race. Petty, uh, a lot of the national pundits keep talking about that Colorado's no longer in play, but the candidates just keep on coming. What do you think?
1: Well, and Trump is coming back on Tuesday. <laughs> Last week, Trump was just coming to town as we taped the show, and things went fairly uneventfully, except Trump said he was taking the gloves gloves off, and then he kept getting swamped with gloves all weekend as this Con family, you know, that scandal kept going, and Trump kept tweeting and kept fighting. So since it looks like he's lost like at least ten points in most polls since we sat here last week. I don't know if he's gonna make up anything when he goes to Pueblo and Grand Junction, but Hillary didn't hurt herself when she was here. She went to the Naughty Tie Company, which was something she touted um, in her DNC speech because they make ties here as opposed to Trump's company. She went to Adams County, big week for Adams County, um, and there were some protesters, just as there were for Trump, but she seemed to acquit herself pretty well, and Pence did his candidacy no harm. He seems to be the apologist, so he will endorse the Republicans because Trump doesn't seem able to do so.
0: Even asked by young people on the campaign trail if he's the apologist, that uh, certainly uh, accurately stated. David, um, we keep seeing the candidates come to Colorado, but it feels like the real barometer of interest in a state is campaign spending, actually buying some ads. That has slowed to a trickle, if anything. Does that seem like an odd
2: exposition to you? Yeah, it's uh, Hillary, I think, was here to, to kind of put it away. And and Trump is continuing the the fiction that he's a guy who has a chance to to win Colorado. You follow the money. Hillary's pulling her money out, advertising money out of Colorado, big cut in it, and putting it into places where, thanks to Donald the loser, uh, states like Georgia that shouldn't be competitive, uh, she's now ahead by four points. So... That to the extent he raises money, he's going to have to spend it just to hold down places like Georgia or Texas, and not not even have a chance in a what can be a swing state in Colorado. If Mike Pence were at the top of the ticket, he'd be leading. He'd be leading nationally by 10 points in the polls, and would be a, a have a really good chance to win Colorado. Donald the Choker uh, said recently he doesn't understand how he's not ahead in the polls because he gets all these large crowds at rallies. Well, eight, Hillary got a large crowd. The school held 3,000, and she got every seat filled in there, and thousands more turned away. You know, Mitt Romney had a huge crowd of Red Rocks and turned Interstate 70 into a parking lot uh, just before the election, and he still lost Colorado. So having a rally isn't the only thing, although it, it, it kind of is in, in, in Donald's mind. He's In the past two weeks, he's broken the tie because... Reasonable voters would say they're both complete lying crooks who are going to run the government in a way to take bribes from foreign dictatorships. And it's what, do you want to be have the Gulf states or Russia controlling the country? You know, that's the choice. But he broke that tie because he's, besides those things, where they're equal, he'll be the more annoying. Hillary's just as, I think, mentally off balance and... Deeply disturbed as a character, but she has the self control to shut up about it most of the time. She only told one enormous preposterous lie in the last week that james Comey had the FBI director had said that she 'd been entirely truthful with the American people, which itself was a, a flagrant lie, but that 's only one per week compared to what what uh, Donald Dumpf did in the past week, which was more than one per day so if you don't want to be annoyed on television all the time, at least she'll be quieter and just have that annoying speaking style rather than ridiculous statements every 14 hours, which a President Trump would create. Hence, she's less annoying than him, now her big lead in the polls.
0: Definitely a new definition of playing the rope-a-dope, I guess, just, uh, just uh, shutting up and going from there. Um, Eric, uh, Trump will be coming to Colorado next week. On the heels of a headline of today's Denver Post, talked about uh, Muslim workers winning a major decision with the Colorado Department of Labor being able to get benefits back from being fired after
3: taking prayer breaks. Do you smell a headline? Oh, who knows what Donald Trump's going to do next Tuesday in Pueblo or Grand Junction. and. Uh, his strategy, it's not a strategy, it's a, uh, the strategy is given him more credit. I think it's just a personality trait. I'm starting to understand why he invested so heavily in Atlantic City casinos. Because the only move he really knows is to double down. Any other politician, when you're caught going down a bad path, you walk it back. You change the subject. Donald Trump, all, it's all in, all chips in, every day, every issue. And it's constantly doubling down. I trying to rack my political memory, to remember a candidate having a worse two weeks or even a worse single week than Donald Trump has had over the last week. It was two weeks ago yesterday that the convention ended in Cleveland. He had a bounce in the polls, and you knew that bounce was going to be counteracted by a bounce coming out of the Democratic convention, but he still had a decent sized bounce in the polls. It looked like he was in a horse race. The two of them were in a horse race. And now the thing looks more or less over. And David's point is right, where they're contesting states like Georgia and Arizona and Missouri that have been solidly red states for a long, long time. Now, and even if they still end up being red states in November, just the fact that they're in play and that's where Trump is going to have to put some time, and more importantly, that's where the Democrats are investing, says everything. I don't think this is a 15-point race, which is what some ra- polls have shown it recently. But the lead is blown open. The critical polls historically in presidential races are the ones after both parties' conventions, a week to two after. That sort of sets in place what the playing field is. And yes, it can move, but it tends not to move a lot. Is Colorado a purple state these days? Color me very dubious. I think we're a blue state. The real test will be not are they coming to Colorado in August, are they coming here in October color me very doubtful. Trump has always had a very narrow path to an electoral college majority. And the Republicans have talked for a long time that they had to almost draw, going back to card terms, and inside straight to pull this off, given all the factors that are lined up against a Republican presidential candidate. And I mean, with Donald Trump, I mean, the news of the day is everyone calling for him to exit the race. How many Republicans on a daily basis are endorsing against him? uh... The, the whole thing is falling apart and you had to see it coming and anyone who didn't see it coming there was some uh, willful ignorance in my mind Penn,
0: should we uh, enjoy the attention from the national candidates now because it's going to be pretty lonely come the next
4: couple, next few weeks? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the, the candidates are coming here now, Hillary to lock in Colorado, Donald to make it look like he's campaigning nationally. Um, I'm not quite certain what he's doing. He's running around from state to state Um, pretty much embarrassing himself and and insulting anybody who, who comes within a certain radius of him. I just find it fascinating that now we've reached a point where you have sitting Republican congresspeople endorsing Hillary Clinton and saying they're going to vote for her, which would have just been unthinkable a year ago. You have the Pence, who's the VP nominee, and you knew he was selected to try to give an air of reality and credibility to Donald Trump, to, to to give the appearance that he was going to try to govern and try to pay attention to issues and try to do things in Washington. Even that impression is gone. You've got Pence. Who can't, who can't say, I'm not going to endorse him, but he's basically running around. He is the apologist, and he's doing all but that because he's saying, you know, I'm going to endorse Paul Ryan. I'm going to endorse John McCain because I know these people, I've served with them, I like them, and I think they're good Republicans, which implicitly is telling Donald Trump, I don't know, you're not a you're not even a bad Republican I don't know what you are but at this point Pence is kinda of stuck and I'll bet if he could rewind this 60 days he'd probably you know look at himself and say there's no way if I'm asked that I would do this let New Gingrich figure out how to how to put some lipstick on this pig but this baby's over and it's it's getting worse and it's really beginning to to dishearten Americans it's already distracted and distressed the rest of the world. But I think Americans are really becoming disheartened and thinking that have we really become a country now where our presidential election is simply a, a, a bad traveling reality show?
0: Representative Mike Kaufman made national headlines this week with the release of a televised ad stating that he does not care for Donald Trump, and if elected, he would stand up to him. The ad is among the among the first from a Republican incumbent repudiating the GOP presidential nominee uh, david is does the ad go far enough to separate Kaufman from Trump
2: Yes, and it's, it, Cov, uh, Kaufman here is aligning himself with the uh, uh, at the latest, 58 percent may may grow from there of American voters who are dissatisfied with the choice between Trump and Clinton and don't like either one. So that is the sensible mainstream American view, and it's to the discredit of many elected Democrats and many elected Republicans that they don't have, that they're not following yet at least. Pence's lead. Neither one is is acceptable as president, in in my view or in the view of uh, a lot of other Americans. Uh, Peggy Noonan's column in the Wall Street Journal tomorrow uh, reintroduces a a word that we haven't used enough. It's a Greek word called kakistocracy, which means rule by the worst. As opposed to kleptocracy, rule by thieves, kakistocracy is rule by the worst. Both parties, out of their fields of candidates, each selected by far. The worst candidate in terms of character uh, who was on the ballot, and I think Morgan Carroll is making a Mark uterus type mistake in this continuing effort and her progress now and all this of saying, "Oh, Kaufman is just like Donald Trump. Kaufman is just like Donald Trump." I don't think that's that's going to go over, and she better come up with and just like Mark Udall, who was a very accomplished guy, spent all his time warning that that. Uh, Cory Gardner was going to take away everybody's condoms. It really didn't have credibility, and she better come up with a better rationale for winning this election than getting people to think that a guy who opposes Trump is just like him.
0: Eric, uh, it seems that the CD6 race is going to take up more political auction than usual. The presidential race in Colorado is likely not going to be tight. Uh, the Senate race may not be tight. So is there more urgency for Mike Hoppen to come out early, and do you think more things like
3: this, where he tries to separate himself from the presidential nominee, are on the horizon? Absolutely. I think this is a harbinger of things to come, not only in the 6th Congressional District, but across the country. Uh, This is both a local story, and it's Mike Kaufman, Morgan Carroll, Colorado's 6th Congressional District, but as you indicated in your question, Dominic, it is a national story in terms of Kaufman being one of the first to, in that kind of a public way, use his own advertising dollars to walk away from his own presidential candidate. And It's been an astounding, as I indicated in the first go-around, an astounding week or two. You haven't seen anything like this. At some level, Republicans probably deserve it. What's the old line when you lie down with dogs? You get fleas. They decided to lie down with Donald Trump. Uh, If there was any other candidate, any other sort of mainstream candidate, still very, very conservative, probably more conservative than any president we've had in this country who was heading that ticket, whether it was Mike Pence or Marco Rubio or Scott Walker or John Kasich or, God forbid, Chris Christie, They'd be ahead. I'm not sure I'm with David that they'd be up 10 points, but they'd be up a solid five or six points right now. This country is not standing on its head clamoring to have Hillary Clinton be the president. She is a very weak candidate in many, many respects and a very challenged candidate in many respects. But in all likelihood, if you play these cards out, she will win a resounding victory here in November simply because she is plausible. Maybe... Distressing, maybe even despicable, but plausible as a president, where the Republicans have not elected, uh, nominated a plausible uh, candidate. And um, I learned a new word from David today, mm-hmm. word of the day, uh, and it's a good word, and uh, it's, it's, it speaks to my viewpoint, and I think the viewpoint of the majority of this country. Between French philosophers Latin American dictators, and now new words
0: uh, I think there's probably some college credits available to some of our viewers so in uh, senior you're thinking to David Coppel right here at CIO. Educational television there you go yeah, yeah. educational television uh, penn uh, progress now uh, as as David alluded to announced that you know the Democrats aren 't fooled by this ad from Kaufman, but do you think unaffiliated are uh, motive
4: or, uh, what do you think affiliates think about the ad you know I- I'm not certain what they think. I I, I don't think that, I don't think Mike Coffin can make his campaign simply by saying I'm not happy with Donald Trump. He needs to be for something. I mean this is the guy who remained part of the birther movement for far longer than most other people did in Congress and certainly in the Colorado delegation. He kept whipping that up and whipping that up and whipping that up until he lost credibility. His distancing himself from Trump I'm convinced is not a function of his not liking Trump, it's a function of the fact that his district is probably a little better than 20 percent Hispanic, and he's got to distance himself from the presidential candidate who wants to build a wall and send, uh, who assumes that anybody of Mexican extraction is a, is a rapist or murderer or thief and needs to be sent back in a wall build, and of course Mexico's going to pay for the wall. We've got to remember that. So th- for Kaufman, this is... Uh, really self-preservation. He's got to do something because he, I think, in the eyes of most Coloradans, has drifted so far right, and now he's got someone who heads the ticket who remarkably is further right and, frankly, a bit unhinged from his moorings and drifting all over the place. So he's got to try to establish himself. That's the first salvo. What's going to be interesting is I don't think it's going to be the last one. I think we're going to see other Republican Congress people around the country base their campaign on I'm a Republican and I don't like Donald Trump either but I can't vote for Hillary or some of them may endorse her. It's going to be interesting to see what their strategy is but they're going to have to distance themselves from Trump. I'm not convinced that just distancing themselves from Trump is going to save them with an electorate that is probably going to be sick and tired of this guy come November.
0: Patty what do you think? Do you think we're going to see more ads like this from Kaufman?
1: I think we probably will. And I hate to be the optimist at this table, but I thought the timing of his his ad And the content of it, where he was talking about being a Marine. I mean, certainly there's one thing which Kauffman has been very clear about, which is supporting the troops, service for the country. And I thought the fact that he did it was pretty heartfelt. He didn't have to do it. There are many other ways you can set yourself apart. I think people are going to be campaigning as locally as possible. No one wants to tie to probably either of the top candidates on the ticket, but It was a really strong ad, and I think he'll see by how it's playing. That may be a little more cynical, that he will continue it. But I thought that first one was from the heart.
0: Let's get a quick take on this last one. Larry Sabato with the University of Virginia Center for Politics moved the Colorado U.S. Senate race rating from likely Democratic to safe Democratic this week. Meanwhile, Republican candidate Daryl Glenn received a national endorsement from a right-to-life group, but a similar state organization has refused to do the same due to comments Glenn made on Devil's Advocate with John Caldera right, on here, right here on Colorado Public Television. Uh, Eric, your quick take on the situation in the Senate
3: race. Well, good for Larry Sabato. I admit- moved it to Safe Democratic in my head uh, some time ago, probably the night that uh, uh, Daryl Glenn won that nomination, uh, which I thought was really a victory for Michael Bennett. This is not a seat in play. Michael Bennett, as has been talked about at this table before, goes down as a very lucky politician in terms of the opponents uh, he's drawn. I do not see a lot of money flowing from the Republican side into this race. I thought it was a six to eight point spread. Um, and I think it's probably bigger than that come election day. Penn, uh, does Bennett have a risk of taking this too lately?
4: No, he doesn't. Um, Glenn got his bounce from the RNC convention, um, ran a couple ads, and just basically has blown it up. By his attempt to pivot like Kaufman did, because he started out in the primary as a hard right guy, I think he probably saw the handwriting on the wall nationally with Trump, tried to moderate his stance on one issue where he probably couldn't afford to moderate based on his history, um, which is choice, and it 's backfired on him, and I think he 's going to continue um, to disintegrate.
0: Patty, Patty's just uh, you know ratings on a map by someone releases, but does it mean something in a campaign like this?
1: No, it doesn't because really this is going to be caught this is going to be fought out without what someone says in Virginia. You can tell you could tell last week just when Joe Glenn didn't play the story about his violent family background correctly. His later response, but it was too late, was very hard. That was a very interesting thing about growing up in a violent family, but you still find it really hard to believe that he wouldn't have remembered it when the Post first called him. And then, of course, Caldera, whose career hasn't he taken down?
0: (laughs) (laughs) David, somehow you've been able to buoy yourself in the Institute despite Caldera's leadership there. Wrap it up for us.
2: I think that it's a little more open for Glenn to win an upset than the others have suggested because I, I think, unlike say, Trump and Clinton, where the Colorado electorate knows a lot about them already. Glenn is still an unknown to the, the vast majority of voters and has an opportunity to make an appealing case. Now, raising the money's going to be tough. He won the primary, really almost single-handed by sheer force of will and one-on-one contacts. He can't do that in a Senate race. But I, I think there's... Uh, and I think the, the problems that people have talked about are still more things that are the, the political class is, is well aware of, but not is not a, not going to be a big deal to the voters in general. So he's, I, I wouldn't call it over, but certainly if the election were held today, Bennett would win it.
0: If you had to share your Disgrace of the Week or see something nice about somebody on the air, tweet us or post, us to, our fa- post to our Facebook page. But as always, Ms. Calhoun starts us off with Disgrace
1: of the Week. Today is the one-year anniversary of the Gold King mine disaster. Even though that part of the the state has recovered its tourism industry, the trickle-down economics of what happened to the people downstream from that will go on for a long time.
2: David. While we've been talking about people who want to be president, we found out that the guy who actually is president paid the Iranians $400 million shipped in cash on a plane that... Not until it touched down to pay those Iranians that four hundred million dollars were four American hostages released, and supposedly that's not a ransom, although it sure looks like it. When the plane, you, the hostages don't go till the cash comes in. The cash was delivered in euros and Swiss francs. The Department of Justice lawyers set, told the Obama White House that this is illegal, and they went ahead and did it anyway. He. The amount of impeachable offenses he's perpetrated on behalf of Iran is enormous.
3: Eric. Well, we had a decent jobs report that was released today, and I think it probably misses a whole lot of people who just exited the workforce, so I don't think the unemployment rate anymore is a real reflection on what's going on. But mainly this country is just not economically growing the way it is used to over its history. It has never fully recovered. Barack Obama will exit office next January as the only president in history never to preside over a single year where GDP growth was 3 percent or better. There are a whole lot of problems in this country that would be a lot better if not solved by some robust growth, 4 percent economic growth like we're used to. Those days don't seem to be here.
4: So sports authority is in the midst of a bankruptcy where they've laid off 15,000 people around the country. It boggles the mind that four executives would say that they're entitled to $2.85 million in bonuses, I guess for their great performance. Just me, you thought you heard everything. Uh, let's get to it quickly. Say
0: something nice about somebody. Patty.
1: Anyone who's ever put on an event has, might have had some issues with the fire department, with fire marshals, but the, fe- the hardworking fire marshals of Colorado Springs who got pounded by Donald Trump after they'd, rec- they'd rescued him from an elevator... They are civil servants.
2: As registered Republicans as well. David, quickly. The Denver Public Library, which inaugurated the Jerry and Dolores Copel study room on the fifth floor of the Western History Collection.
3: Here, here, Eric. That one's very cool, great. Uh, The Olympics start tonight. We'll see how they go, but good luck to Missy Franklin, Colorado's own product of a wonderful family, and we'll be watching her. Penn.
4: Boulder, Colorado, God bless you. Columbus Day is now Indigenous Peoples Day. That's
0: all the time we have tonight. Thanks for tuning in. As always, be sure to check out our podcast on iTunes and our CIO post game segment on Twitter and Facebook. For everyone here at Channel 12, I'm Dominic Dazuti. Thanks for watching. Good night. <music>